<laughs> Welcome to the 78th episode of the Overclock Podcast. Overclock with all the letters, all the files, uh, everything's in it. Overclock Zeta, you found us, so which means you know how to find us and you know how to spell, which is great. I am Lindsay Shooters. I am that opinion guy on the internet. That opinion guy.co.za is the website. I'm sharpshooters on social media, S-H-A-R-P-S-C-H-U-T-T-E-R-S. And I am joined as always on South Africa's most accessible tech podcast by Gavin Dudley, the editor of, can we say it, Gavin? Can we say the website that you just launched? No, no, no. We can't say that yet. We have to, we have to build up to that. So let's just, let's just, it's like you say, it's breadcrumbs. Let's drop a few breadcrumbs. About that website you just launched. Oh, shh. Yeah, no, next week, next week. Okay. Build up the, build up the excitement. Okay. But still mm. editor of Tech Magazine, South Africa's largest consumer technology magazine on shelf. Gavin, how are you on this wonderful, what to, what are days anymore, Gavin? Absolutely. Under lockdown, what are days? It's when for two whatever today but <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you doing bud um, i'm good i'm good i mean there's there's talk of people going back to work which is intriguing you know mm-hmm. intriguing of course doesn't affect you much uh, it affects me only insofar as i'll be like the last tranche of people ultimately going back to the office and that really does suit me actually yeah 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 interesting yeah, i've been we, having a lot of conversations with people about like remote work and how they're finding now like how little they actually need to do in the office. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> People are understanding what we've known all along, you know. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. The one good thing about working from home, or at least the bad thing, with everyone being at home, everyone's going through a lot of Netflix, a lot of DSTV is being watched, and then DSTV got themselves in some hot water, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> where I they mean, gave. Every... Yeah. Every every. Everybody out there, tech companies included, all trying to make good with their, 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 their customers right now. You know, they're kind of trying to build relationships with their customers, whether they're giving them freebies, whether they're giving them payment holidays, whether they're giving them special deals. You know, the mobile, the mobile phone companies, um, the internet access companies, everybody's got either free stuff on the line or discounted stuff or something going on. The deafening silence from DSTV, I think, has eventually started upsetting people, mainly because for the first time, people realize how much content is very average, how much of it is reruns, and how much of it is very old, and so on. So, And now, without sport to distract them, people mm. are getting quite upset about the amount of money they're putting down for DSTV. And there's been deafening silence from DSTV. This was an opportunity to migrate people to their services, to make good with their customers, you know, and to build up the relationship with their customers who they know are at home and using their product on a daily basis and complete PR disaster, dead, dead silence. So can I actually tell you what they did? They did do something and it was quite. Oh, damning. really? <laughs> oh, really? They they tweeted out. So the, so remember, there was a 10 rand increase for all packages except DSTV Compact. That Already went a effect On the 1st of April. Okay. Yeah. And then they tweeted out on their dstv twitter account that they were cutting um the price of subscriptions for the other african countries um and not right. for south africa like they so didn't even like mention a poke south in the eye that's like a poke exactly. in the eye for south africans jeez man <laughs> i mean their pr firm or their marketing department or whatever needs to 
have the riot act read to them or something. That's just insane. Yeah. You take this opportunity and you turn it into a fail with a capital F, a hashtag capital F fail, you know. Mm. So, I mean, so your typical, your your top end DSTV bundle is now verging on a thousand rand, or it's 900 odd yeah. bucks, right? Yeah. And then the, the product scales down from then all the way down to like two, three hundred bucks, I believe, something like uh, that. I think Those you compact can get like 150 bucks now. I think that's for access. Um, all right. Yeah, but that's, like you're getting like one sports channel and like Zanzi Magic and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, you see, it's possible that DSTV is in deeper trouble than we thought as the streaming thing closed in on them. And I think they were clearly heavily dependent on the sports broadcasting, in my opinion. Mm. And it's possible they, you know, that it's possible they've lost out a lot of ad revenue on that. Who knows? On the one hand, they haven't had to pay the soccer federation and the rugby federation and the cricket federation huge amounts yeah. of money for the broadcast rights on the other hand they've lost out on probably billions of rands worth of um advertising around those mm. sports so i don't really know but it's possible they are in deeper trouble than we think which is why they can't afford to throw out freebies to the customers at this point who knows yeah the, and the, the funny thing is that the showmax service is doing so well really you know at its great value as we've established Showmax is the streaming division of DSTV, which is it's trying to establish itself as a separate company, although most people yeah. still see them as interlinked. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're benefiting from the bulk buying that's going on now because of being in that whole multi-choice um, right. DSTV bundle. Yeah. Yeah. But then just I mean, talking about other businesses, you, you touched on it briefly now, like sport is one thing where they're not deriving any money from at the moment. But yeah. there's a lot of sports that are going back online behind closed doors without any fans and stuff. I have a friend who has some advertising skin in the game there, serving up some great advertising solutions for for mm. partners who are, yeah. Uh, like and, the and overlay then, and then on field. And all those, those virtual sports happening as well i know formula one has gone virtual one or two others have gone virtual basketball some of the big stars have been playing each other in virtual basketball matches yeah. and i think the wrestling is going to be next apparently virtual wrestling matches which mm. it's kind of a bit of a stretch but it's an interesting idea and if yeah. you can imagine hyper real 3d graphics five years from now you might not know if you're watching a real wrestling match or not <laughs> but the, the interesting thing there is like the the f1 drivers for one they yeah. have like a one-to-one -one conversion in their in their skills because they on simulators right you're driving the with the steering wheel pedals and yeah mm, mm, you're Whereas right like now you have like lebron james and it's completely different to does in the real world and then like some 12 year old will whoop his ass yeah 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 well but it's an interesting ploy to extend your audience you know your nba audience into the virtual esports realm it's quite interesting because mm. now if you know that literal lebron james is going to literally be playing i don't know some other star um, yeah. on, on PlayStation, the chances of you watching are pretty high, I would say, just out of interest, you know? I and it's true that their so. skills don't like translate. So. Yeah. Sorry? Because uh, you're not seeing them. Like, for me, that experience is a little bit, there's a disconnect there. Like, where yeah. Max Verstappen so. is just as good on a game as he is on a okay. track. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. sure. So I agree with you. The skills don't translate one-to-one. -one. The truth is I, I looked at some of the NBA um, e-sport games 
and yeah. the person who was leading the championship was some player I've never heard of. So clearly, yeah. you know, uh, it allows some second-tier players to show different skills. <laughs> yeah, and to <laughs> who knows? show why they second-tier players, because they yeah, should be they, on the court they, and not on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> they can get played, paid fourth tier esports money as well. For <laughs> okay, but well, interesting. interesting though, so, so like we're not going to have sports for a long time. I mean, until until yeah. there's a vaccine for this thing, we won't have herd immunity, and it will not be advisable to send the public out into like these mass gatherings anymore. So then, where do you stand on movie theaters? Because there was an interesting thing. Um, Universal put out the new Trolls movie, the Trolls World Tour. Right. as a digital uh, download and like they broke all sorts of records they made like 400 million dollars in the first like day of release and stuff and then the ceo said in an interview no they're gonna that's the strategy from now year on out is they'll release it digitally and in theaters at the same time then right. the amc group of movie theaters said like well then we're not flighting universal movies ever again and then uh, i was like yeah. Maybe you won't be around. When yeah. Be <laughs> yeah, hollow <laughs> threat. Yeah, hollow threat. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I was, I was on another call uh, this week, pitching a client on the future of their business, like in mm -hmm. the current reality that we're in now. And yeah. the words left my mouth. It was like, well, no one's going to be going to restaurants anymore because I have. I also have friends in the service industry who like joined up with small restaurants. Um, there's a couple of guys in the media who also opened up outlets, um, eating eateries and stuff recently, and they just got sideswiped by this thing. And can you yeah. see yourself going to a restaurant in the next two years, in the next year? Actually, I can. I can. Because, again, ah. <laughs> if you consider a typical spur, you're all sitting, you know, two meters apart. And, you know, wow. and I understand that the food industry is lobbying really hard, especially the fast food mm -hmm. industry, lobbying really hard to go back to work just because it employs so many people, you yeah. know, employs so many people. And same with um, the goods that go into restaurants, produce and so on. Yeah. You know, the, the the supply chain for those restaurants is so big and so long. They consume so many things that it affects so many other industries. So I could imagine them all lobbying to to come back to life. Although, again, A, who's got money to spend in restaurants, even yeah. if there wasn't a safety issue, you know? Um, yeah. Like and for movie theaters, be... I, can, I can foresee, like, TV sales surging now, especially in the larger sizes. Um, yeah. As people start watching things from home, sub yeah. uh, subscriptions to streaming services is going to up. I mean, if Disney Plus comes here, that's really the must. End of this a lot must of be. This is the the watershed moment where people cut the cord. Yeah, yeah, mm. and cut the yeah, satellite it's cable. <laughs> it's just interesting to see where where technology is actually coming to the rescue of some innovative business owners um, yeah. and who it's leaving behind in the dust in the in the midst of this pandemic. Like you look yeah. at gyms as well. I'm really enjoying the the kind of one to one um, experience that you get now, like on the Zoom calls and stuff. It's almost like it's just you and the instructor. Yes, I miss the equipment that yes. I need to do the things that I want to do, but the the interaction is really good. And if you miss a class, you can always just get the get the Catch video, and yeah, the, yeah, catch up on that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Very intriguing. So in the next issue of Tech Magazine, we have a story all about that written by your friend and mine, Mr. Arthur Jones. A great story Ooh. about um, all the things that tech has actually pulled forward. He's calling it silver linings, you know, which is the thing, yeah. silver linings from COVID-19 that delivered by tech. Streaming media is one of them. Um, virtual conferencing, where we're not putting down big carbon footprint and so on is another thing. And families getting together with their extended families overseas, for example, things you don't think about. I don't know if you've done this, but we've had multiple calls involving family members overseas, people who we ordinarily wouldn't chat to, but for some reason, because we're all in lockdown, for some yeah. reason, it's more significant that we have to see them on the on the screen kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so all these interesting silver linings that tech has provided in the post-COVID world. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, all of this is powered by cloud services, interconnected computers out there in big server farms. And you had an interesting little talking point on, on, on your note. Yeah. So for some time, Lindsay and I have been watching the evolution of Wi-Fi, watching it get better and faster. And to most people who are not watching it closely, you probably wouldn't even know what generation of Wi-Fi you're using, whether it's the good one, the bad one, the one that's enabled for multimedia and the one that's got longer range and faster speed. And you wouldn't probably know. But we watch this closely and watch how it's evolved over the years. And the new emerging standard is called Wi-Fi 6 which really is exceptionally good as Wi-Fi goes. It you know, overcomes so many of the challenges that Wi-Fi has had. It's still not flawless, but Wi-Fi 6 is the new emerging standard. Um, one of the difficulties with Wi-Fi 6 is that it's capable of transmitting data further and faster than any of the previous, but it needs much better kind of radio wave frequencies in mm. order to do that. And those radio wave frequencies haven't been available until now. So now the Communications Commission in the US has released the six gigahertz band for the use of Wi-Fi 6. So now we will see Wi-Fi 6 start appearing more reliably in phones, in laptops, and so on, because now the bandwidth has been made available in one of these big dominant markets in the US for Wi-Fi 6. Yeah. So six gigahertz band, just so you understand, the 2.4 gigahertz band used to be the free band where absolutely everything worked from radio controlled cars to automatic garage door openers to um, original Wi-Fi version one and two and three and four and so on, all worked on 2.4 gigahertz. Then they started introducing five gigahertz, which still had many limitations. Six gigahertz is the new emerging radio wave frequency that become available and it will be far better than anything that has come before. So we'll just so, have to see how long that takes to reach us here, how long it takes them to start integrating it in phones and laptops and so on. So so I have two points. First point, um, somewhere in the middle of last year, not the middle of beginning of last year, I started asking every technology manufacturer that I got to interview, like what about Wi-Fi 6? You know, forget about 5G. And I called, right. like I said, 5G yeah, yeah, yeah. is good for, like, other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Distance. most when it comes to new age um, data transfer, are going to experience Wi-Fi 6 first, like in stadiums yeah. everywhere. Like, Wi-Fi 6 has many of the same benefits as 5G, where you can, like, segment the, the different data. That, uh, yeah. What do they call it? Slices. Yeah. So you can send, yeah. like... So technologically, it's far more advanced in how much you can yeah. control of, over what it does, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so most phones that came out this year and towards the latter part of last year are Wi-Fi 6 enabled now. But this 6 gigahertz is actually a different standard now where it's being called Wi-Fi 6, and I kid you not, 6E. Oh, no. Just as they got it straightened out, they started <laughs> fragmenting it again. Because up to now, Wi-Fi was called all sorts of things. It was called 802.11a, then b, then g, then n, then 802.11ac, then 802.11z. Yeah. It came up with all these different names, and no one could keep yeah. track of what was going on. Then there was 802.16 as well that came out, which was the mobile yeah. Wi-Fi standard. It was just chaos, and then they went back and renamed them all Wi-Fi 1, Wi-Fi 2, Wi-Fi 3, so everybody yeah. knew what was going on until we got to Wi-Fi 6. And now they started fragmenting again with Wi-Fi 6E, oh, which is exactly what we were trying to avoid. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Oh, moving on. Moving on swiftly. Gavin, so uh, when I have money again, when I have gigs that don't, like, my revenue seems are drying up by the freaking week, as it seems. Yes. But there are silver linings on the cloud, and there are possibilities in the future, so I'm not too perturbed right now. But anyway, when I can afford to buy a new laptop, I've actually been pricing... AMD um, mm. Ryzen computers, like there's the, the Asus, I think it's like the ZenBook 14 or the yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. The one with the, the number pad in the touchpad. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. cool. It's the Ryzen version of that that's like five grand cheaper than the exactly. equivalent, the, the exactly. i5, the Intel i5, with yeah. a, I think it's better battery efficiency and mm. I think a better thermal envelope uh, just in the chip's design. But you yes. got on here that Intel and AMD are now serious competitors, and I fully agree with you. But can you explain yourself, please? Yes. So, so most people know what Intel is because every time they build a computer, there's a little sticker on there that goes Intel inside. So they eventually have figured out that Intel is a central part of the computer they're buying. AMD was this underdog who's been consistently developing products that outperform Intel's products, which is the main chip inside the computer. And uh, But AMD could never quite get the public profile, the marketing dollars behind it, so that your average consumer would understand what an AMD processor was, even though it has consistently been technologically fantastic and highly regarded by techies. So AMD struggled from an image problem, even though it was oftentimes beating Intel at its own game. But unfortunately, the world has just been... A two, it's been a two-horse race between Intel and AMD. All other play, It's so expensive developing computer processes, outrageously expensive, and building factories that produce them, that there really wasn't room in the market for more than these two players. Then mobile chip manufacturers came along, and they became very big companies as well. But in the PC game, it just remained AMD and Intel. Um, in the gaming world, AMD performed particularly well. So gamers are much more familiar with the AMD brand, the AMD Ryzen brand mm. in particular. Um, and now what's happened, it's just been this two-horse race where AMD was always the better-priced competitor to Intel. Intel was the Rolls-Royce. AMD was the Mercedes, let's say. Um, and, then, <laughs> um, and then suddenly uh, Amazon Web Services... Everybody thinks Amazon is an online store. It's not. Amazon is actually a company that runs huge, huge data services all over the world, much bigger than its online retail business. And it was running these enormous data centers filled to the brim with high-powered computing infrastructure. 
And it was costing so much money to get chips from other companies to run these computers that they invented their own chip called the Graviton. And that chip is now becoming almost as good as Intel and AMD's chips and is actually, for the amount of power it produces, it's much cheaper than theirs. So it's a better proposition for them. So a lot of their rack servers are built using their own processor. That's Amazon's own processor. And it's quite possible that in time, once they get scale on building those processes, those processes might come down to other products as well, probably starting with Amazon's own products like its tablets and mm. so on. But it might come down to PCs and things eventually, which would be jolly interesting. It means there would be uh, another competitor in that market with very deep pockets, pockets almost as deep as Intel itself, if not deeper. Um, it's a question of whether, of whether Amazon wants to be in that market or not, because that's really not its core business at all. Um, but then mm. on the side, another company, a, a French company actually called SciPearl, S-I-Pearl, Pearl like oyster, um, it's also started building its own microchips that are extremely high performance microchips. The reason for this is because Europe has an inferiority complex about building supercomputers. The best supercomputers in the world are now in China, Japan, and the US, and somehow mm. Europe is always playing second fiddle. Supercomputers are really important for modeling the future, for modeling you know, uh, global scale events and so on, and for developing new technologies and so on, but mostly for modeling data like genetics and so on. And uh, Europe's always played second fiddle on these things. And now it's developed its own chip uh, through this company called SciPearl, which is based on the ARM infrastructure. Lindsay's going to tell us about ARM in a minute. Um, uh, just so it can build its own supercomputers. But again, to build a supercomputer, you often need thousands, tens of thousands of these chips to run all together. By the time you've made tens of thousands of these chips, it becomes easy to develop them at scale and to then sell them to other uh, into other markets as well. You don't just have to develop them for your own use. You can sell them on. So it would be interesting if either Amazon or SciPearl develops a processor in the future that competes directly with AMD and Intel. But as Lindsay will tell you, the person you really want to watch is Apple. Tell us why, Lindsay. Um, because Apple makes its own uh, ARM chips, which is the, the ARM IP, which Gavin spoke about, which is the... Acorn RISC microchips, um, and it runs on a reduced instruction set computer. So it's like a pared-down version of what, what you have in your laptop or your, your desktop. Um, laptops also kind of skirt the line nowadays. But there's a lot of innovation of moving because uh, ARM chips are pretty power efficient. Uh, and like they, it's a lot of bang for your buck. But the way they compile data and process data is a lot different to what we have now, the x86 um, on the on laptops and what, what you know as usual computing. So moving all of that, porting all those apps and programs over is a big problem. But Apple, they, they just make the world's best stuff. Right yeah, now. I mean, what's, uh, what's happened with Apple is that it's developed processes for its phones that are so yeah. good and so powerful, they don't even compare them to other phone processes anymore. They compare them now to the processes inside your laptop. Yeah. And it's been rumored that the latest Apple processes are actually more powerful than the processes inside a mid-range laptop. And that processing yeah. power is now inside your Apple phone. But Apple really yeah. are just far, far ahead of the market on this one thing. I have to concede that ground. And it would be interesting if Apple's laptops do end up carrying high-end versions of its 
phone trips in the future. So what's been interesting over the last three, four years, I, I'd actually go back and say five years, um, since the rise of like the autonomous car in earnest, like graphics processing has become the big game changer because guys are just doing crazy things with hardware acceleration there. So Google made all, like all the AI chips um, that you hear about, all the AI, the artificial intelligence engines, um, like Apple has a AI neural processing unit inside of its A13 or its bionic chips. And Huawei is always punting the neural processing. So all those things are just like small graphics cards, actually, because they just, they can, they- a little add-ons to the main chip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they, they just supercharge the speed at which a, a processor can chow through, through like data that kind of looks the same, like consistent data. Um, that's why it's so good for like computer graphics and stuff. And then, so Google created the Tensor Core, which they started putting onto their data centers first. And now then they used a little bit of Tensor IP to make the pixel imaging core, which was like the special microchip that they put that. on the back of the, of the imaging sensor on the pixel phones. That's why the pixel phones, like they only switched it on like in the pixel two, like mm. halfway through its life cycle. Um, but Interesting. now it's rumored that in the next year or two, you're going to start seeing either Google's going to get completely out of the premium phone market or they're going to start pumping their own um, chips in because everyone, the problem with, with monopolies like Intel and Qualcomm is that they then kind of buy up the market and then everyone has to wait for them to innovate before consumer technology can innovate. Yes. So that's been the, is... that, that's why it's taken so long for for PC CPUs to get down to like ten and seven nanometers because um, Intel's just been dragging their feet at like fourteen and ten nanometers. Yeah, it's because there are there are only two horses in the race, and the one horse is yeah. so far in the lead that it dictates how the industry will change. That's just very bad mm -hmm. for innovation. I guess that was my point about having more competitors: is that not only would it drive innovation faster and speed up the evolution of computing, but it will also affect the price that we're paying for computing at the moment. As Lindsay's pointed out, AMD chips are much, much cheaper than Intel chips, mm. but it, there's room for other manufacturers to come to market with much cheaper chips that are exceptionally good and disrupt the market in that way. So this is the only reason we're delving into this is because it's really good for consumers to understand that our consumer choice is very limited, which is why prices for products are seriously controlled because one of the core product one of the core components going into every computer and every phone is almost price fixed by a dominant player in that market if we mm. get more players into that market it would change the pricing structures a lot and that will really benefit consumers hugely especially down the line okay so that's yeah. our boring chat about why we should watch for new processor manufacturers and we should support them if they appear like amd for example yeah yeah yeah, no, okay. that, that's awesome. And, and those, those sorts of innovations will go down to in, in ways that you don't expect. So suddenly you'll get better like autonomous features on lower priced cars, for instance, because the computing core that they need to buy, like just halved in price because somebody yeah. else came into the market and then the big player decided to drop the price of the old stock. And the other thing, which, which is now apparent in the AMD Intel race is every time AMD puts out like a legitimate rival to the Intel stuff. So like they, uh, the Ryzen 3s or 7s, they put out a, a laptop a couple of months ago. And like two months later, Intel just kind of quietly put out the new laptop with a new processor 
and they were like, cool, this beats whatever you had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it just shows that their their interest is not the consumers kind of is not their main concern, you know. Very disturbing. Banking, making bank on. is their main concern. Yeah. Tell yeah, us about VPNs, Lindsay. Why is it that Whoa. every time I'm surfing anywhere, I get these adverts for VPNs? Why are they telling me that I'm I'm a candidate for VPNs? Could it be that I'm a big video consumer? <laughs> My apologies, you got me hard there. Maybe it's because you're filthy down. <laughs> okay, well, explain how VPNs make me a better filthy downloader. <laughs> uh, VPNs, VPNs are like a tunnel underneath the internet that you are connected to. That still takes that sort of speed of the internet, but it hides whatever you are doing or where you are coming from, from everybody else trying to snoop on you. So if you're like in a coffee shop on unsecure Wi-Fi, for instance, maybe it's very fast unsecure Wi-Fi, but it's still unsecure. Um, people snooping on that Wi-Fi network can find out what you are doing and then um, start stealing information from you. Whereas a VPN just kind of hides you in that sort of environment. That's a that's a very basic way of explaining it, and I think I nailed it. Okay, how how does it hide me? Uh... Uh, so a VPN is called uh, VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. So it encrypts um, what you are literally kind of cases the traffic, the data traffic that you're sending up and pulling down um, in an encryption in a in a ring of of safety. <laughs> Okay, does does that slow my browsing down significantly? Because now it has it to can. decrypt and, in, and unencrypt for everything I click it, on, yeah? It, it can and it does a lot just because of the way like data is sent over the airwaves, which is through packets. So different VPNs use different ways of making up those packets of data um, as it sends it across. So that the, And then you get also where it sends it with the key <laughs> to, the, okay. to the other website that you're going to, yeah. Right. Like it sends it with a set of keys and yeah, it's a it's a okay. very complex thing. So, so I'm, I'm so starting my, to, I'm starting to understand what you're on about. So how does this help me watch the BBC when I try and queue up the BBC on my browser? It won't let me do that. It says, but you know, at the same time, these adverts for VPNs are coming up yeah. and going. Do you want to watch British TV? Download this free <laughs> VPN. So how does the free VPN make the BBC available to me? So with a VPN, you can set um, an IP address. Uh, so you can set it for a different location. So um, the one that I use, it's called wind scribe. So like the wind in the trees and the scribe that like writes with the pen. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. It's a free one. Uh, you, get, you get five gigs of data. So it will encrypt like five gigabytes of encrypt of data. that While you you're surfing to, yeah. to these places, yes. Um, per month, but then if you like give it your email address and you verify the email, then you get 10 gigs of data, which is pretty great. Most VPNs, I think NordVPN has a free tier of like two gigabytes, which okay. is Okay, Nord really is nothing. very highly regarded. I think Nord has yeah. been a popular thing, but if, as you say, two gigs are not gonna get you very far if you wanna use a free yeah. VPN. Two gigs ain't gonna get you very far. It's gonna cut off halfway through your BBC News Bulletin. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, Okay. Um, so like my wife, for instance, she does most of her work uh, on remote server um, and that needs like constant like data streaming. So she chows through about, I'll easily say, I mean, we, we hit our, our data cap, at least uh, not <laughs> our data cap, our, our fair usage policy 
um, we just switched to LTE data and the fair usage policy on telecom LTE is uh, 150 gigs. And sure. we hit that within two weeks. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so, you people are bad. Yeah, that's heavy going. It takes some doing we, that. Yeah, we're currently surfing at two megabytes per se- megabits per second, um, and we're supposed to be getting ten, but we've been throttled down all the way, and just her VPN refuses to do that. So VPNs, like you can, if you're doing that sort of work, it, it chows through quite a bit. Um, okay. But on the free stuff, like if you're just surfing and you're like, downloading movies, for instance, which you shouldn't be doing, but if you are doing it. Um, you only get charged for the size of the torrent file and not for the full download. Um, so that's how those VPN wow. caps sort of work. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's interesting. Okay, but now if we go back to your wife's example, what's going on there is that her company is obliging her to use a VPN so she will have a secure tunnel between your house yeah. and their servers, wherever those servers yeah. are hosted, so that files that she uploads and works on and so on will all be secured because they hope that data is only traveling through the VPN to and from the office. But obviously, if you're working on a lot of stuff, it amounts to quite a lot of data traveling back and forth. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And a VPN kind of, it kind of acts like a, an ethernet cable between you and the server. Um, it's, it's a, it's a stable connection, um, just because of how the VPN like packages stuff. So you're not as affected by like infrequencies in your own network as well. Okay, so so VPN would be to open up a tunnel between yourself and whatever other data source you're looking at, whether you're browsing on the web or if you want to visit um, sites in the UK that are blocked to people who are not from the UK, for example, then um, what would happen is instead of your IP address looking like 196 something something, which is the range from South Africa, it might say 143 something something, which would be Romania or Afghanistan or something other, right? And so so then... On on most of it, you can set that. Um, The one that I use, uh, Winscribe, is is nice. Uh, Like I I install it as as an extension on Firefox. Right. Um, uh, It's not an extension for our new favorite browser, which is Microsoft Edge, which everyone should use. (laughs) Microsoft Edge, you heard it it here first. We're big fans. We fully converted to Microsoft's new browser called Edge. Get it. Download it now. Don't use the version that's already on your PC. Download the latest version. Yes, keep going, Lindsay. Yeah, so there's not an extension for that browser yet. Um, I'm patiently waiting for that to rise up, so I use it on Firefox. Um, And in there, you can run it on autopilot. Where yeah. It just kind of picks a random destination to say that you're from. Most of the time, it's Romania. And then, <laughs> when, remember, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, there was a cable break um, just outside Portugal. I yeah, think it yeah, was yeah. Between Portugal and the UK. Oh, yeah, it was a difficult um, time for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and for someone using a VPN. <laughs> yes, it's great. So you could yeah. route around the problem. Yeah. No, I couldn't get anything done. <laughs> oh, because it had to go through that channel. Right. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. All right. Uh, so there so, are downsides. Uh, so, so if you run the VPN as a separate application, then yeah. everything you do on your PC will run through the VPN. So if you check your mail, that will also yeah. go through the VPN. But if you use yeah. the browser extension then you can confine it to just the browser data. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Okay, because if you want to keep your, you don't want to use up your 10 gig cap, you might want to just use it for browsing or whatever. Or maybe the only thing you need to get in a secure way or whatever is something you're doing in a browser. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when you when you subscribe. Yeah, Winscribe is good if if you're cheap like me. Um, You don't make Mm. a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) If you want like free things. Um, NordVPN is really good. I've heard great things about Nord. Uh, Tunnelbear is another up-and-comer. Um, you so might Nord see Tunnelbear. Nord I've heard a lot of geeks hunting yes. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nord. Then okay. Tunnelbear is another good one. Um, one of them had a big security flaw a month oh, or two ago. It's exactly the antithesis say- of what you expect from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Exactly. Um, uh, but the, the point is, you want to look up. Before you install things, a VPN is going to install itself pretty deep inside your PC. So you don't want to install four different ones and then end up with all sorts of communication problems on your PC. So I would recommend you figure out which of these has got the right data package for you. Or if you think you're going to be using it a lot, you might want to investigate who's got a good paid for version. You know, that that is simple and efficient and Mm. so on. But if you're going to start with a free one, make sure it's going to have enough free data available for you to get a good experience like Lindsay's wind scribe which is 10 gigs yeah 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 all right and then yeah you, you can use that account on your phone um i know on iphones there's an easy way to put in like your own vpn for to use i know a lot of people who run their businesses off their phones and in coffee shops and stuff who do that um yeah and it's, it's a it's a great way to get around the draconian um <laughs> internet laws of countries like india <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So that's Windscribe, and we mentioned Nord, Nord, N-O-R-D, Nord, and Nord. Tunnelbear. Tunnelbear as an option. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is another option. Yeah. That's that's about it for VPN. That's a quick how-to. Please. Mm. Um, I think there'll probably be something on the Tech Magazine website at some stage about VPNs that you can go check it out on. There should be. If Lindsay will write it for us, we'll take it and print it there for you. All this useful information, folks. Yep. I think I will do something like that. Awesome. Okay. Kevin, anything gonna, else in closing? No, we're going to get back to our sort of retail therapy next week where we'll be recommending cool stuff to buy because it might be more available for you to buy stuff. It's still unclear from the lockdown regulations whether they're going to start selling electronics anytime soon. But yeah, um, there's a- Inevitably, new... even when sorry, okay, even when we go back to recommending products, in acknowledging that everybody is having a particularly tough time, we're going to go with the best budget buys you could buy. If you have to have headphones, if you have to have a new TV, whatever it is, mm. we're going to be focusing on the best budget buys. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Talking about good prices. Um, mm. There's a new DJI drone in the world, Gavin. I know it sounds like one comes out every like two months or so. Yeah, it really probably does. Probably one that came out before you had your issue, uh, and yeah. then now there's <laughs> the a new issue. one. It's the, <laughs> it's the the Mavic Air 2. So the Mavic yes. Air was like a cut down version of the Mavic, which was really good. Did 4K 30 frames per second. So Mavic Air 2 kind of looks like the Mavic. Is a little bit smaller, bigger than the old one than its predecessor um but it shoots 4k at 60 frames per second can shoot up to 8k as a brand new 48 megapixel sensor um and priced at 19,000 for the drone the new smart controller um with a revised way of how you put your phone in it as well um 
and one battery, but for a mere four thousand rand or three, yeah, four thousand rand more, so twenty-three thousand rand, you get the drone, the controller, three batteries, um, a charging hub for all three batteries, uh, a pack of ND filters for the drone, and then a fetching shoulder bag for twenty-four thousand rand. <laughs> Oh, the fetching shoulder bag. Oh, I've got to have one of those. No, but you're completely betraying the readers with your 24,000 Rand budget purchase. Oh, come on, dude. I mean, Listen, I mean the only of, the only other drone that shoots 4K60 is the what was it? The Phantom 4 Pro 2, I think it was, or Elite 2. Um, I think you need to dial like, down your ex your expectations from 4K60. Any of you guys watching 4K movies at 60 frames a second? If so, I don't know why you're listening to the show, because we're all about cheap, free stuff. Okay. <laughs> you use it for the cinematic content, Gavin. You slow <laughs> the 60 frames per second footage down to 30% to, to oh, half speed. Get those lovely, smooth pans. And okay, it's all about yeah, the, sure. the, okay. of the eye candy, Gavin. That's what the people are here for. They're listening yeah, to a podcast. Eye candy. <laughs> Granted, I've been watching a lot of drone footage over these weeks when you were all slacking off at home pretending to work. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. uh, that's Done. it for me. Done. <laughs>